Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent much of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This month, we're checking out New Earths as we hop across the DC-verse on... Yet another DC animated podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC animated podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the year X-Men versus Street Fighter came out on PlayStation, Sega Saturn, and arcade cabinets. Oh my gosh, is this like a precursor to Marvel vs. Capcom in some weird way? Or they were like, we can't use too many characters. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think they say this is the first one in their Versus series, and they were just like dipping their toes in it. <laughs> so, so wait, they've been fighting this long? I feel like I have Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. They just, they just been fighting this whole time. Not well, the X-Men got kicked out of that game. So like oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> got destroyed like the Illuminati. Um, <laughs> oops, spoilers. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, it, it works, it works twice though, because um <laughs> especially for today's episode, as you know, all this talk about fighting games and everything brings us to one of the best fighting games ever created that was then turned into one of the most worst adapted animated films ever created Injustice Gods Among Us. <laughs> At a runtime of 78 minutes, we have director Matt Peters as he attempts to turn this comic book into an animated feature-length film. Animation was done by DC Entertainment and Warner Brothers, and it is based off, once again, the game turn comic book or vice versa, depending on how you look at it, from NetherRealm Studios, as we see today, an all-out brawl between the Justice League. And we're not talking about Warner Brothers multiverse versus... We're, we're t- this, is, this is the original. <laughs> yeah, no, no little Teen Titans here. It's all, it's all grown-ups, all fighting... <laughs> For reasons that are going to be thin. (laughs) (laughs) And before we move forward, just going to say this movie is rated R, so we're going to be talking that adult content. But again, we have talked about adult content. We're just going to talk about to the sense of there's a lot of blood, (laughs) y'all. There's so much blood. Yes, let's push that R rating. Let's go. (laughs) So we got some really brand new voices for our film here. Uh, Starting off at first, he was Green Arrow in the Smallville era. Then he went to become in, shout out to, I guess, like my old West Indian family here. He was Adam Newman on The Young and the Restless. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And now wrapping up his uh, critically acclaimed show, This Is Us, we have Justin Hartley, who was voicing Superman today in our Justice film. Next up, he didn't say much in the MCU. Um, but today, Anson Mount gives a mind-blowing performance as Batman with his, with way more lines than he's ever gotten in the MCU. <laughs> he's allowed to talk here. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, she is the voice of Korra from the Avatar Legend of Korra series. She proves that once again, she can truly give life to any fierce warrior, as we have Janet Varney, who's voicing Wonder Woman. 
Then we got uh, the voice of Steven Universe. This is really kind of funny here. Zach Callison brings forward that teenage angst once again as <laughs> Damian Wayne Robin. That's why he sounded so damn familiar. <laughs> <laughs> there was no Garnet in this film, unfortunately. Damn. Could have saved a lot of lives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, Jillian Jacobs joins the community of heroes here as Harley Quinn. Next, we have from Sasuke to Ben 10 and now voicing Peter Parker Spider-Man on the PS... Uh, Sony PlayStation game um, that I probably played so many times. Yuri Lowenthal, he is here. He is also voicing the Flash, Mirror Master, and Shazam. Nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's some good flexibility. Luckily, right. he doesn't have to do all of those for too long. <laughs> all right, and then wrapping it up, we got her resume is too long just to, to list it out here. We have Laura Bailey, who's voicing Lois Lane. Um, Andrew, you might really like this one because I've noticed this about you from this podcast now. For Friday Night Lights, Billy Riggins, who you may know as Derek Phillips, is here voicing Nightwing. Hey, I love it. I love to see it. You know, sometimes you got to go beyond football and be a hero. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just, you know, and we'll may see if he actually does catch anything in this film. Uh, (laughs) Except else. (laughs) <laughs> and then finally we got brandon michael hall who voices cyborg and princess tiana anika noni rose voices catwoman so this is to show everyone out there that catwoman can be melanated y'all so let's just stop saying that catwoman has to look a certain way <laughs> if you like batman 2022 uh yeah uh, shut up yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's the cast list. Now it's time. We have listed out all of our fighters for this film. It's time to go. It's let's get ready to rumble. And as you want any Injustice fighting game adaptation to begin, it starts in Superman and Lois's bedroom, where Superman reveals you don't need to spend money on pregnancy tests in his house because he can just x-ray into your stomach, which should is okay for babies, I guess. That's like radiation. I don't know. But um he realizes that Lois is pregnant and we get our first bad line of dialogue. Don't worry. It won't be the last. They say we're pregnant and, and it's like mostly you, but I helped from Superman. That's that's the man of steel. He's helping, helping getting people pregnant. Um, <laughs> mentioning he wants to go to high school in Smallville. Again, don't touch Superman and Lois. Don't bring that show in here. All right. Leave that <laughs> over there. Um, but all the planning for the future is interrupted because Superman has to race off and help Batman, who is in Metropolis for some reason. As we mentioned, if Superman and Lo- Superman and Lois be in bed together wasn't already making this movie rated R, this is probably where it starts becoming rated R, where Batman is definitely killing people. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. A lot of these shots look like they could take somebody out three times. So Batman is killing people up in Metropolis, even though they are getting back up to throw guns and whatnot at him. And Superman flies in just in time to stop Batman from getting shot. This is when Batman throws a batarang at a dude's head. Fortunately for this dude, apparently it was the blunt force trauma batarang instead of the dagger batarang. And this is now where Bruce and Clark get a chance to talk about the fact that Clark and Lois are having a kid, which again, in another little spoiler funny scene, 
Batman reveals to Clark that he already knows because of the way that Superman is just looking. He has a stupid grin on his face and his hands are shaking more than when he did, more than when it did when he faced against Darkseid and Doomsday. Again, don't bring them into this. All right, leave them out. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so as Batman is there, he reveals that he is only in Metropolis to catch the Joker who is running around for some reason. Uh, He asked Superman to bring everybody, all the criminals to jail and Batman disappears. But I personally like to believe since this is Superman we're talking about who can see and react at super speeds, Batman is just hiding behind a car. Like he's just (laughs) hiding behind like a lead lined car and (laughs) until Superman leaves and then he can (laughs) quietly come out. I'm pretty sure he just parks one there every single time he knows he's going to encounter Superman in some way. <laughs> yeah, because there's no way you're getting away from him that fast. Come on. Like, you're, you're not that good of a ninja. <laughs> and right away, we cut to another reason this movie is rated R, because Jimmy and Lois are at the docks. They are trying to follow something going on at the docks, some kind of crime in progress. And out of the blue, Jimmy Olsen is shot in the head with more disrespect than he was shot in Dawn of Justice in 2016. And Lois is hit on the head with Harley by Harley Quinn's mallet, causing permanent brain damage. Um, not like it's going to matter for much longer, but <laughs> uh, Harley and Joker have captured Lois. They've killed Jimmy. And now Superman arrives on scene just to observe that he is too late. Also, I just want to say how fucked up this scene was because Superman took Jimmy's watch. Oh, yeah. What kind of crave robbing ass shit was that? (laughs) Like, that hurt. We are here dealing with Jimmy getting shot point blank in the face through a camera lens. Let that be known through a camera lens. And Superman's just like, oh, you know what? This is a very nice watch with my insignia on it. Like, what? (laughs) Better give this to my side chick, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> doesn't wipe the blood off though That's just- no he doesn't <laughs> it never comes back though the watch too it, it, never- it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> such a weird detail in that scene but superman is now freaking out because he realizes that lois is also gone so he flies over to star labs where batman's investigating he sees that joker has already hit star labs he has killed somebody there and he finds out that star labs has been working with some kryptonite and I do love this one little piece of dialogue that does come up because as Batman's interrogating the scientists, the scientist is just like, we weren't trying to make a, a weapon to kill Superman. We were literally trying to see if it's an energy source or it could be used to cure diseases. And I was like, this is the first time I feel like we've ever got in a moment where a scientist actually was trying to do some good with a lethal device. Yeah, usually it's like, oh, well, you know, just in case. Right. (laughs) But this time they're like, no, we were just like checking it out, seeing how it goes. So now they know Kryptonite is in the air. Batman, I'll give this moment too, was nice where Superman is like Lois is missing and Batman's like, yeah, yeah, there's people. You cannot Mm. go around and, and saying stuff like that. So Superman and Batman race. And so that great moment is immediately I started laughing because as Superman flies out, Batman just has to run out of the building. Yes. <laughs> Bro, give Can Batman a lift. <laughs> 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 he is human. Like, 
you can cover ground when you're outside on his motorbike, but you were wasting precious minutes by making Batman run. And despite the entire Justice League being busy, you know, saving the world and stuff, uh, Batman makes all of them come to Metropolis to try to find Lois at once, realizing Joker isn't has her. And this is where we go to uh, Flash entering the city, leading to one of my least favorite parts of this film. <laughs> yeah, so Flash ends up finding underground where Scarecrow is hiding. He finds that the Scarecrow apparently, I guess, must have worked with the Joker in some way. And the Joker now has access to kryptonite and the fear toxin that Scarecrow commonly makes. So at that moment, though, he notices that something's wrong with the air as we see the green smoke coming out. Now, I was watching this with my wife at the time who has never seen this film and does not like DC stuff. I know this is really weird for me to say as a whole (laughs) DC podcast host to say my wife doesn't like DC stuff. She saw this and she was like, why is Flash still there? Like, you see the gas already. We all see the gas. Just leave. This is why y'all not going anywhere with your stuff. But I digress because in that moment, Flash unfortunately gets hit by the fear toxin and it distracts him enough just in time for a buzzsaw to come out and presumably decapitate him. Yeah, so two questions about the scene. One, um... Does Flash communicate that Scarecrow's fear toxin was out there before he dies? Mm. No. Okay. <laughs> so I'll give the, give the movie that because that solves one question that comes up immediately. Also, this this death, this Flash death, um, doesn't happen in the source material of the video game. Flash, in fact, his whole morality, there's a very interesting theme of morality um, with Flash and he's torn between two sides and ultimately choosing to do what's right. So it's very interesting. They cut that here so in favor of cutting Flash in half and... And that cut too deep, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't... I couldn't go halfway on this one. I, I, <laughs> but they do this death and as a spoiler, it is never brought up again. Flash's death is never acknowledged. It never hits anyone. His death is pushed aside for all these other incidents that happen in the movie. So even as a shock value moment to say, like, anybody can die, at least have it have some impact. Because otherwise, mm. it just feels cheap. And it did feel cheap that you make Flash unable to move and then he dies and no one cares. <sighs> We're not even okay. after the first 15 minutes. I don't think no, the word. We're not. Um, but... So we're just going to keep on going because apparently we had to leave Flash behind as we see now that Wonder Woman is interrogating some people. She finds out that Joker and Harley have stolen a submarine. Superman hears the report. So he actually goes out and finds the submarine underwater and legit goes underneath it and brings it back up to the surface, breaks through the door. And then again, this is another issue that I had that was pointed out. There's all this green gas floating around him and if nothing triggers to him to just say that what is going on here because as he goes through he immediately ingests all this green gas um you know as a viewer you can put two and two together at this point and as he's going through he finally finds harley and joker they are standing over 
a body and they're both wearing gas masks. And I will say this one scene was really cool because they do animate it in a way where you show that the fear toxin is taking hold, where the person's face gets animated into a darkened, fiery skull. And I was like, for shock value, that was a perfect way, a perfect kind of like way to show the fear toxin taking hold. And it does for him as he's demanding for them to release Lois or at least show her, show him where she is. And as they move out the way, this is where we see a dark figure come out of the smoke and the cloud and the gas to just grow in size to produce our most jacked individual for today, Doomsday. Yep. And Superman, it's on site and he launches Doomsday into space immediately. Uh, as the other Justice Leaguers arrive on the scene of the submarine, Batman quickly deduces that if there's fear toxin and kryptonite in play, he tries to radio Superman to let him know whatever he's seeing is not real, um, which prompts the reveal that Lois is the doomsday he was attacking. And he thought uh, she was doomsday the entire time. So and she's floating in space, and as her heart stops, as he watches her heart stop for the last time, it triggers a bomb, which happens to be a nuclear explosion that destroys the city of Metropolis. So with Joker's plan here, the one thing I got to point out was he was planning to die, right? Mm-mm. Yeah, that's what I feel, too, because that was a... After I had to watch this about three times, actually, to really, truly understand what was the game plan here. But I it leads into that interrogation scene afterwards in which he tells Batman that he wanted to finally get a win. You know, he's been fighting against Batman every single time he loses. He goes back to Arkham. Batman breaks the tooth of his or something. And this time he wanted to, and I quote, play the game on easy mode for once. So... It is weird that we decided to include Joker here because I feel like at times I, I'm trying to remember from the source material if he actually did have an escape plan, because I also feel like Harley wouldn't have just stayed as well. Yeah, um, from at least for the video game, it just starts with the interrogation. Mm-hmm. So it's implied he set this up, got away with it and then got captured again. Um, so, yeah, they skip that because here it's like, I, the bad guys, the super, the heroes are going to get punchy. I'm like, why are you worried about punches when a nuclear explosion is going to melt your face off in two seconds? Mm-hmm. I, I Like, the line is funny, but it's impractical completely. Like, you had no backup plan. <laughs> so as Batman is back in Arkham Asylum, the nicest Arkham Asylum I've ever seen. Oh, like, my gosh. They had, beautiful. like, filtered water systems. Like, yeah. <laughs> some fresco in there, probably. <laughs> Sam um, Pellegrino. <laughs> yes, Sam Pellegrino. Good ones, the good flavors. Uh, Superman hands Lois's body to Wonder Woman and immediately flies off to confront the Joker. Respect to my man, Hal Jordan. He tried to stop Superman. He tried. And you know what? That's points there, buddy. But <laughs> Superman immediately takes his ring of power, just takes it. I guess he doesn't destroy it. He just takes it and then flies to Arkham Asylum. So now Batman and Joker having this really great debate about what's going to happen to Superman after the fact. Batman clearly has a lot of faith in his friend. He's saying that this will corrupt him. He'll move on. He'll continue the good fight. And it is calling out to, guess what Batman has done for himself. Like he, at this point, we're assuming that Batman has gone through a ton of the same things we've already experienced for him 
already death of his parents death of jason todd all that kind of stuff but joker's like you know y'all are different this could be the breaking point this could be the moment where he turns from awesome hero to destructive god and that destruction just echoes out and rumbles through the walls as superman makes his way over at blinding speed breaks through in a very nice animated panel shot from the comic itself as his eyes are glowing red and Batman's looking in fear as Joker is cackling from, again, I guess, being right here. And at that moment, Superman, hearing Joker's laughter, speeds towards him, taking his hand and plunges it straight into his chest so that all we see is just Superman holding on to Joker as his hand is exiting out from his back. And Joker um, says the one line that I did like. I did like this line because I thought it was like a really good wrap up on Joker's story. Where after he gets punched, he tells Superman, now that's a punchline. Nice. It's nice to have fun with your own death, you know? Right. Yeah. (laughs) If I'm going to go out, I'm going out with a joke. Yeah, exactly. Like, let let that land. Um, (laughs) From here, we're prompted to cut to um, reactions across the world about Superman's uh, killing, which leads to a, biz- a scene that gets fun, but a little bizarre when you think about it. So Harley is in a police car um, traveling when she hears the news of Joker's death. She uh, escapes the police car and runs into Green Arrow. Was Harley going somewhere that wasn't Arkham Asylum? Yeah, this was... I'm trying yeah, to remember for some the name reason. of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was weird. I feel like there is there, there isn't a men's and women's wing in Arkham Asylum. You go there, you're going there. (laughs) And they establish that later too. Right. (laughs) So I don't, maybe they wanted to put them in separate prisons. I felt like that deserves some kind of explanation. Mm. But in any case, Green Arrow, um, this happens when you put too many details in the movie. You know, you didn't have to answer these questions before. Um, (laughs) Green Arrow captures Harley for her safety because he deduces Superman will probably kill Harley next if he knows where she is. So he takes care, takes Harley out of the equation store to uh, store her somewhere. And meanwhile, soup is Superman is up there with in the watchtower with Wonder Woman and Batman as his angel and demon. And, you know, Wonder Woman's basically like, yes, let's do it. Let's go. And of course, Batman is the moral compass um, saying we have to, follow the laws which i immediately was like laws batman you talking about following laws use a whole vigilante (laughs) (laughs) the way you have basically made the jobs of the gcpd so much harder since you started (laughs) chain of evidence batman come on And as Superman, he is just, he's still distraught at this point. My boy got this like six o'clock shadow on his face. And he decides that he's going to go forward and speak his truth at the UN. At the UN, he tells the entire world that he is Superman, Kal-El, Clark Kent, that he's been working at the Daily Planet this entire time. And Now he's saying that he wants to put an end to all things, all um, things that could be hurting the innocent people out there because he recognizes how many people died. I think it was about millions of people died from the explosion that took out Metropolis. So he was like, no more. If you are causing any wars, if you're harming anybody in any way, shape or form, 
he will personally come to your house and set you straight. And this is where I felt at this moment, the movie very much kind of like showed the darker side of Superman for the quest for peace. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> because he was not playing games as he decides to go through and take down the Bialian president from his dictatorship. And there's just scene after scene of even Wonder Woman helping alongside him, showing that they are working together to help clean up the world. But we have like Batman and Green Arrow, who are in their own separate spaces, are realizing that maybe this is just too far. They are enacting Superman and Wonder Woman are enacting their will on society when people should be allowed to be themselves and do their own thing. Yeah, and they're not like... They are not setting up anything to replace those governments. They're just like killing the dictators and leave letting like the government like yo, that's gonna cause so many more humans' rights violations, Superman, but <laughs> whatever. Uh so yeah, this sparks a, a bigger debate about oh, with the rest of the Justice League about where should they draw the lines. And the best dialogue of this scene. Um, you know, it comes from Aquaman who says, you know, I, I am a kingdom like I'm not going to submit to somebody else's rule. That's not how I rule my people. I'm not going to expect other people to do that. Plastic Man gets another great monologue where he says, you know, I needed second, third chances before I became a hero. So if we just punish people and kill people for transgressing, then where do we stop? You know, where where do we uh, draw the line? And, you know, it prompts the lanterns to get called off planet. Uh, Shazam speaking for every magical hero, including Constantine, I guess, is like, nah, <laughs> we ain't doing it. And the scene I really wanted to like more. The problem is there are no compelling arguments from the other side. Not to say we support Superman's crusade, but for the stuff that happens later in this movie and the loyalists that stick with Superman, I didn't feel like we knew why any of them were doing it. Yeah, that is true. That is something that um, got cut out of a lot. There's a lot of great character development that we see in the source material that we lose because we had to condense this film into the hour and 18 minutes that they were trying to produce for it. Um, But, you know, it's something that I wish that maybe we did get to see more of which i'm actually going to talk about in my whole assessment of the film but to move things along uh next thing we have going on is just this drone strike where again it's like the superman regime is teaming up to make sure that the world is safe and because the u.s government sends off this missile to take out one of their most wanted lists superman intervenes and this is what causes the u.s government to jump in, showing that, again, that level of retaliation. And they do so, the U.S. government decides to take down Superman by, well, going to Smallville and kidnapping Paul Kent. And as Batman will tell the president later, you do not mess with a man's parents because <laughs> Superman sends his new squad, which consists of Wonder Woman, Hawkman, and Cyborg, after the perpetrator, which was Mirror Master. And in a, a cool scene, I got to give it to a Mirror Master. When they walk in, it looks like they're talking to him in the, in this bar, but he's actually already in the mirror. And 
he says, you know, what are you going to do? Can't touch me in the mirror. So Raven pulls a multiverse of madness, sneaks in the mirror dimension and brings pushes Mirror Master out far enough so that if Wonder Woman shatters his mirror, he instantly dies. So this, I think, is in line with something Wonder Woman would do on Mm -hmm. a normal day. So I like this scene. (laughs) Um, I like Raven and Wonder Woman teaming up, even though Raven will never show up again uh, in this movie. Uh, So (laughs) they get the location and Superman presumably off screen rescues his father. They feel like they didn't need to show you that. Uh, So now that Superman's father can't be used as leverage, Batman is in in, uh, his cave planning his next move because he didn't help <laughs> he didn't want to help <laughs> we get damien and nightwing fighting and and when damien throws a uh escrima stick at nightwing's head nightwing's like i would have blocked it and i insist he would not have i don't know about you <laughs> yeah i i they, they said that he commonly blocks it or catches it and i'm just like that was real close, even by animation standards. That that looked like he would have at least been graced by that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but luckily for him, Superman enters into the Batcave at that moment, is able to catch it. And Nightwing, you know, I do really like this scene because Nightwing, before anything else, before telling Damien, you know, let's give Bruce and Clark their space or telling Damien that he needs to watch his footwork, he looks over at Superman and says, ask him, are you okay? Like, we're just going to put everything to the side. I know we're on different sides of this whole thing right now. You're doing a lot of shit that I'm not liking, but I'm going to check in with you and ask, are you okay? And I love that that happened because it's a very Nightwing, it's a very Nightwing Dick Grayson move to do. So I appreciate that that happened as Nightwing and Damien leave. But before he does, Damien does turn back and says something that will cause a lot of tension moving forward between the Bat family. Yes. Uh, Damien's like, thank you. <laughs> I wanted to do that for so long. All right, Jason. All right, little Jason. Um, and Superman and Batman, again, they try to convince each other basically to stop the course, which Batman's course is to not help. Superman's course is to continue to wreck the world. And they are clearly because Batman's out here punching Superman without no kryptonite. He's clearly not coming to any <laughs> terms. So the world gets even crazier. We're hearing that Wonder Woman let hundreds die as a casualty in a battle. Harley is now over Joker's death, apparently just scared of Superman elsewhere. And they find out that Superman is going to Arkham Asylum to do something to the prisoners. So as they're leaving the Bat Cave, I love this line. I, I can't, I can't hold it like, oh my God, when Damien uh, goes, when Damien screams at Batman about like trying to, he should be more violent. He should be more brutal. And Batman and he, Batman and Nightwing go away. Nightwing is like, you got to give him some credit. You've had longer to indoctrinate me than you've had your own son. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, Nightwing. Ooh, your therapy is working, bro. <laughs> I, I almost thought you were going to also, because like I love that scene too, because it does lead to some great dialogue. But right before that too, um, 
as Damien is telling telling them that like we should just let Arkham burn, <laughs> Nightwing drops this. You're 13. How are you the darkest thing in this cave? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Oh god. Nightwing is just a shining beacon. Glad he he's is. not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so now we have everybody racing to the asylum. Air, Green Arrows in the Arrowmobile that we all know and love. <laughs> Where the hell was this car? From? <laughs> <laughs> he rides motorcycles normally. Like, what the hell? <laughs> um, and they all they arrive at the asylum and it's revealed that Superman wants to use a special boom tube to send prisoners to a more secure facility than Arkham. No due process. Nothing. And he starts with Zaz, Mad Hatter, and the Riddler? <laughs> I'm Bane is right there. Poison Ivy. Killer Croc. I feel like Killer Croc has killed many people. Hell, Calendar Man. Yeah. Solomon Grundy. I was like, why did you start with Zaz? Bro, you're Superman. <laughs> and Batman shows up um, right as the time Harley does. Harley lets everybody out of their prison cells. Luckily in Arkham, you can keep your mask if it's aesthetically pleasing. So Bane and Deadshot are in masks <laughs> right now, ready to fight. And an all-out brawl ensues. And this is one of many times during the film where everybody does put their differences aside for the sake of the quote-unquote greater good here. So now the Batman team and the Superman team have teamed up to take down everyone Damien has also switched sides at this point. He actually let Superman and his team know that Batman was on the way. And um, Solomon Grundy didn't like that. So he gave him a stern a stern talking to as he grabbed him by the head, which causes Superman to get worried that Damien's about to get killed as um, he decides to fly off towards Solomon Grundy, laser off his hand. And then Nightwing comes over to help Damien out. But as everyone keeps fighting, Nightwing notices that Damien's going a little too far. He is beating up Riddler while Riddler is basically saying that he gives up. He's saying that like he doesn't want to be a part of this anymore. But Damien has now lost it at this point. And as Nightwing tries to tell him to just chill out, Damien throws the screamer stick at Nightwing once again, just like how they did in the sparring session. But this time, it connects. It connects hard three times back to back as we saw in multiple times to show that yes nightwing was hit in the temple with the screamer stick knocking him unconscious for what we thought at first yeah but this this boy's this boy's dead um <laughs> the, no sugarcoating it he's dead and his death uh prompts superman to rip solomon grundy in half don't know if that kills him because it's solomon grundy but whatever it's a visually effective mm -hmm. and then superman also uses this move where he punches the floor and then um everybody scatters and they go back to their cells my bro you didn't want to start with that shit at the <laughs> beginning of the battle <laughs> that was always an option why were you Word. fighting them one by one what <laughs> anyway in in the aftermath of this battle damien just can't go back to batman so he decides to permanently align with superman catwoman confronts bruce um and we have a solemn 
10 minute funeral for Nightwing. <laughs> nope, just kidding. Nightwing <laughs> in the afterlife, his soul is contracted to become a ghost that can possess people on the mortal plane. He is renamed Deadwing and put into the rafters so he can ex machina the plot later. So, and that should have honestly been one of the last scenes in this film. But now we have a second part. Um, <laughs> as we head on over to Nanda Parbat, where Superman is meeting with Damien. Damien is letting Superman know that, like, his father is too prepared. He needs allies. And we have the greatest ally of all, apparently, with Ra's al Ghul coming through, telling Superman that, you know what? I like the way you do your police state work. It's a very nice police state. <laughs> so Damien continues to try to say try to bring in two of them together trying to be the ultimate connector but superman is just like i know you i know raz al ghul this dude has been trying to take over gotham destroy destroy the world so i'm not going to align myself with somebody who is like this so he instead decides to align himself with another member of his um regime at the time mr terrific as he heads on up to the watchtower where mr terrific is apparently making a map of the multiverse he we get a quick explanation again about the multiverse how it's different earths with different ideas and concepts and decisions being made but superman has no time for the map as he wants to engage in a conversation about creating more of the iconic t-spheres that mr terrific has in order to get rid of guns and this is by far the best dialogue exchange in the oh, entire film. Yes, it truly is. Uh, Mr. Terrific and Superman are playing chess. And as Superman lays out, he wants all guns extinguished. Mr. Terrific just goes, he goes, traffic accidents. You know, they kill this many people a year. Should we get rid of all cars? You know, it, he, he, he keeps going and plays this logic game with Superman as he's winning the game of chess culminating in the moment where Superman loses the game and re- says, you're not going to help me. And Mr. Terrific goes, no, sir, I am not. And I, I love this because Mr. Terrific is third smartest character in, in the universe. Um, and, you know, he never gets a real a chance to shine this much in a movie. Right. So I really appreciated them taking this moment. Um, before, and- yeah. And also to say that, um, so this is somebody I forgot to mention on our cast list. Edwin Hodge is the person who voices Mr. Terrific. Um, you might have seen him on the Mayans or in the, the Purge series. But the most important thing is that he actually does play, he actually is the brother to Aldous Hodge. So who mm-hmm. is going to be playing um, Hawkman soon in the at the time of this recording of the Black Adam movie. So this is a DC family. I'm really glad that we got Edwin Hodge to voice this and make that debate, especially because coming from a Black man to hear that debate happen with the most powerful being ever created in fictional world and comics. So it's just like to have that dialogue come from a Black man was for me just really kind of cool to see and empowering. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I do love, you know, the don't, don't get rid of him not arguing for guns necessarily, mm-hmm. but saying, you know, the solution is not just taking away the guns. You need to do more than yeah. that. And that's not what you're intending to do. So 
since we have some brilliant su- subtle commentary, it's time to go back to the silly action. And <laughs> um, so Batman comes up with a plan to steal a red sun cannon from the Fortress of Solitude with a bunch of heroes. Uh, upon arriving there, they find that Superman's dad is there. And immediately Batman is like, abort, abort, abort. We do not want to even risk this because it looks like we're coming for Superman's parents. And Superman shows up. Um, is it Adam? Is there yeah. Adam and Captain Adam? Yeah, this is. Yeah, it was so freaking confusing. OK, I, I was that. like, <laughs> why did they do this? So the books. <laughs> So Superman has Captain Adam just limp like Captain Adam thought he could take Superman. He clearly could not. And as Batman's most gangster backup plan ever, he has the Adam shrink down into Superman's brain, holding a tiny sliver of kryptonite saying, if you move, you are you can't do anything right now. We got the kryptonite in your brain. I'm like, all right, this is the kind of contingency plans I like to see. (laughs) <laughs> and it looks like the heroes are going to get away with everything. Unfortunately, Ra's al Ghul shows up with gas that solves the situation instantly that he knew he should have for some reason and frees Superman from his constraints. And also kills the Atom. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, again, we, they did not care about anybody's deaths in this film. So this causes Superman now to align himself with Ra's al Ghul. And Green Arrow, I got to give it to this boy. His, he was putting in work because he is shooting all of the um, League of Assassins members that joined along with Ra's al Ghul. He's taking them out. And now he comes face to face with Superman while he's holding a kryptonite arrow. And he's telling him, don't do it. Let us go. We will. And I won't shoot you. But Superman is not having it as he leans forward. This caused this green arrow to actually shoot the arrow. But Superman, upon deflecting it, sends it right into the chest of his father. And his father is basically dying right in front of his eyes as Batman's team is collecting themselves, saying that we need to get out of here. But we do lose somebody along the way as Superman sees Green Arrow once again, as Green Arrow is apologizing profusely about what happened, but Superman decides, I'm just going to laser, he vision him right in the face, killing him instantly. And, you know, it's a shame that Superman is not allied with somebody who could bring the dead back to life. Otherwise, his father <laughs> could, uh, could still be living. Yeah, yeah, Ross has a Lazarus pit. And <laughs> I forgot about that. It's mentioned later. We see it later, but he never offers to revive Superman's dad, which I'm like, Ra's al Ghul's an asshole. He's a whole <laughs> asshole. And that could have been interesting to see, like him indebted to Superman indebted to Ra's al Ghul, like do that instead of mm-hmm. just like, let's ally together because I'm mad. That could have been interesting. But anyway, um, we got to move right <laughs> along. Uh, Superman in the wake of losing his dad, his human connection to the world, he now is going further than he ever ever has at a rave where a bunch of Joker followers are there commiserating. Superman yeets all of him with the laser beams, like that dream sequence in the boys where Homelander just takes out a crowd. It's like that for real. And now... Batman is more desperate than ever. So he assembles who's left. He's got Catwoman. <laughs> He's got himself, 
Harley and Harley. And he reveals that they need to break into a prison to get Mr. Terrific um, in order to turn the tables on Superman. And they're like, who can break? There's only one person that can break into the prison. And who, who can do that? Plastic Man, which it's revealed Harley was sitting on the entire time. Let's not ask what part of Plastic Man she was sitting on the entire time. And get yeah, on rated, to the... Rated, rated R. Rated, rated R. R. <laughs> Mad <laughs> creepy. But yeah, this leads us into the prison sequence. Prison break without, without <laughs> our voice. Give me Leather Snar and... Mick Rory any day of the week I'm forgetting their real names now but <laughs> I love that the two of them are always together anyway we are in the Mariana, yeah, the Mariana Trench where Plastic Man has uh, made his way into I do love this prison break scene so much because we see the full extent of Plastic Man's powers as he's entering the jail cell Cyborg immediately catches him and Cyborg's like you know what you're not going to be able to break in so he uses his hand, Plastic Man uses his hand to turn it into a key to get Mr. Terrific out. And at that moment, he pulls out the key hand to show that he used his middle finger as the key. And I love that scene so much. Ah, uh, yeah. He's uh, great. <laughs> so now uh, Plastic Man and Mr. Terrific are trying to escape. And there's just like an all-out battle happening because at that moment, the guards show up. Unfortunately for them, our new kind of old hero, Deadwing, uh, has appeared to help out in any way, shape, or form. Mr. Terrific is saying we need to shoot the glass in order to make that distraction so we can all get out. So Deadwing um, take, possesses the body of one of the guards, forcing him to shoot the glass, causing all the water to come in. Yeah, so if you've got Deadwing was in the plot like we did, um, <laughs> it might be a little jarring. And also, I don't know how they would have escaped without this ex machina. Mm-hmm. Um, but they get out. And now, meanwhile, Superman and Roz continue their partnership. And Roz reveals that he has this new Amazo robot. I think the what's implied, I'm going to have to fill in the blanks because I don't want to be mad about this. I just want to fill in the blanks. I assume Roz needed Superman in proximity to program mm. the Amazo robot. They don't say that, but I think that's why Roz needed Superman because otherwise he could have done this Amazo robot thing at any time, at, at, mm-hmm. at any time. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm just gonna. I, I can't get mad about it. I just want to want to get through it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so immediately it becomes clear that this Amazo is not like the one in Red Hood that Batman dusted in approximately four seconds because once it goes berserk, this Amazo kills Hawkman. <laughs> R.I.P. Hawkman. No lines, no body left. <laughs> and tear Cyborg apart. It is up to the remaining heroes, Superman and Wonder Woman, to try to stop this out-of-control robot. And at the same time, Batman and his crew are flying in because they're also trying to work out their plan. Um, So at that moment, Batman teams up with, uh, I believe it's Harley is there as well, but he tells Mr. Terrific and Plastic Man that they need to go on to enact their actual plan as we see that Mr. Terrific is assembling his uh, his Legos or Roblox that he's putting together right now. As Plastic Man is just frustrated over the fact that he can't join into the fight. 
But as the blocks come together, it turns into this portal that Mr. Terrific goes through and Plastic Man has to stay there and watch and make sure to protect it, even though it gets like basically destroyed in like two seconds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those robots are not stable. So now after Plastic Man has to reassemble it, we get some really crazy fight scenes with Amazo versus the rest of the Justice League, or I don't really know what to call them because it's like Justice League A and Justice League B at this point. <laughs> so, and I, it's really cool to see just like how Amazo's taking on all the abilities. He's using heat vision on Wonder Woman to the point where she is basically looking like she's about to burn to a crisp, but she stands strong as uh, Miss Plastic Man is just like, nope, this is it. We are done waiting on all this happening. So he joins into the fight as we now cut back to the scene where Non, in non Parbat, Damien watches his grandfather watching the fight, realizing that he was played all along. So it's time for him to stop his grandfather. Yep, the climactic fight we've been building up all this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damien versus <laughs> Ra's al Ghul. And here's the thing about this fight. Uh, Damien can't do it. <laughs> he, he can't win. So Deadwing possesses Damien's body and fights better with Damien, inside Damien's body. All right. And um, ultimately, <laughs> once Deadwing, um, once Damien agrees to let Deadwing take charge, he knocks Ra's al Ghul out with a single kick. A kick, my dude. A kick knocks out Ra's al Ghul, one of the greatest hand-to-hand fighters on Earth. It's we only had 10 minutes left in the film. What else we were supposed to do? <laughs> You're right about that. You are right about that. So after this ridiculously fight scene that made no sense, um, Mr. Terrific reveals that he, the Roblox machine, took him to another Earth and he brought back a little friend called Superman. And Superman, this is a good Superman, you know, clean, clear, lighter color uniform and he tries to talk some sense into the twisted clark we got to know doesn't work so the two of them fight uh lighter superman immediately fucks up the entire power grid and telephone poles of smallville (laughs) um, (laughs) and rips as he's during this battle and um as much as he tries he just can't overcome the ferocity of evil superman Evil Superman does use the Injustice finisher. I'll give him that. I'll do. Yep. Yep. I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) And it looks like good Superman is going to lose. But then there's one more ace up their sleeve. Yes. This is pulled probably directly from uh, the Justice League movie. As a pregnant Lois Lane comes out from the portal telling Superman that he needs to stop. Uh, At that moment, evil superman he realizes that lois is there so he goes up to her and realizes it's not his lois so when she replies that he's not her clark as we learn from her that on her earth uh superman died while facing off against brainiac so they have more of a heart to heart and this is when um actually they do classify them calls them earth 22 superman is the superman we've been working dealing with this entire time so as Earth-22 Superman hears these words from Lois again, he decides to give up. He decides to turn himself in. And then he says, I deserve death. To which Batman says, 
no, you deserve more. <laughs> and I was like, dear Lord, Batman, what do you have planned? <laughs> he clearly didn't learn the right lessons from this movie. <laughs> so he says that Mr. Terrific and him have built a Red Sun prison. They'll let Superman out when he's needed. You go, how are you going to put him back in there, bro? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. He, he has to go willingly. He has to. Yeah, like in Injustice, the original, they put him in there and it was clear they were leaving him in there mm-hmm. because, duh. Um, <laughs> so the movie ends with three pillow points I got to hit and to, and to wrap this up. Firstly, um, Batman and Catwoman have this climactic kiss because their romance has been so well built throughout this film. <laughs> In the two scenes, they pri- previously appeared before this together. Great. Two, Mr. Terrific talks really fast when he visits other universes because he was able to explain the entire situation mm-hmm. to Clark and to a Clark and Lois respectively in record time. From two and different universes now. In, in two different universes. Pretty impressive. And three, and most importantly, if the plan from the jump was just to get pregnant Lois, why the hell did they bring in Superman to get his ass beat? <laughs> <laughs> he ain't deserved that. He ain't deserved no. to be traveling around like that. That's messed up. That was that was clearly not the plan A, but they brought him here just to get his ass beat, which I think is hilarious, but also that's messed up for making them do that. <laughs> so before we talk about how we're going to rate this film here's a brief word from one of our members of our forgotten entertainment family about a podcast you should be listening to do you like beer do you like podcasts do you like beer podcasts then check out crack and one open a podcast about brews news and pop culture reviews every week we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country and sometimes the world we'll talk about how it was made what's in it the history of the brew and the brewery Then we'll give our tasting notes. And while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' When Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. All right. So now that we have finished Injustice, Gods Among Us, the movie, um, I got no proper rating system to this. Hey, I'm going to suggest out of how many Eskrima sticks thrown at your head (laughs) to cause instant aneurysms out of 10, would you give this movie? Well, it'll be a zero because I don't want any of it, but honestly, (laughs) that might actually be the score in this movie. (laughs) No, but um, in all seriousness, um, I have to give this movie a 5.5. This may be high. I'm mainly because again i had to watch it through about three times um so i started trying to pick up on the little things that they tried to do a 5.5 because everything up to the scene where bruce and catwoman are in the Batcave together and she is consoling him was pretty perfect like i would have enjoyed this film if it even if it ended on that note um, to or created a part two after that that made more sense but 5.5 because I like the animation on a lot of the scenes um, the voice acting was great there was something that I did not like though about Superman's um, 
and I'm not really too sure if it's the voice acting or if it's the animation that they did because at times you can hear the voice of like his distraughtness over Lois dying and a couple other things, but his facial expressions didn't really, didn't really match up to it for me. Mm. Uh, but everybody else was great voice acting. I thought it was some great dialogue, that chess match, the scene with Catwoman and Bruce where she's telling him that you don't need to be Batman, not for tonight. Um, and how it even actually, he she even says that, like, you know, I will hold you together. It comes up again briefly in the relationship that seems to be forming between um, Superman and Wonder Woman. So I thought that was like a really cool uh, comparison that they did there. But I'm giving it the the 5.5 mainly because like that part was great but everything after that was just complete and other trash it felt like we were just trying to wrap up something even though we have plenty of time to do it properly what about you where where is this gonna land for you oh boy um <laughs> i don't know where wonder woman bloodlines is at but uh <laughs> oh, yeah actually wait i'm making a quick amendment whatever i gave wonder woman bloodlines please rate this movie lower <laughs> exactly um so here's my thing i i am going to i'm gonna give this a straight up three and if this is (laughs) i'll say the same thing if it's not as high as wonder woman bloodlines um wonder woman bloodlines you can get a bump up one point we're grading Um, on the curve yeah we're grading (laughs) on a curve so here here's the thing here's what it boils down to i we've mentioned we brought up a lot of the issues during it about the plot points about the characterization about um why we just don't get enough of why i do not understand in this movie why cyborg is siding with superman and Mm. that is critical for him to function in the plot i don't understand why he's doing it um and but i think it all all can be summed up here if you look in the average play time for the injustice gods among us video game it will take you five hours to get through it um, the sto- the main story. Um, that's how long you spend with the characters and you spend with time with characters from two different universes trying to keep this, save this universe from the hellscape it had become. They cut out almost all of the multiverse stuff from this movie. Yep. So what you get is one world and in, in even though they had all the time to develop one world, they didn't land. It didn't. None of the emotional stakes landed. Nothing. It didn't matter that Flash died. Nightwing's death was. Oh, right. He died. Yeah. Flash, <laughs> Flash died. Hawkman and Cyborg's deaths were gruesome. But again, those deaths didn't matter for anything. And there's a point where nothing. If you look at any of the character motivations of this movie outside of Batman and Superman's, almost none of them make sense. As a small example, where is the prison that they break out um, Mr. Terrific in? So this is a, another question that I had, too, because it was like um, in the comics, this is this prison is basically supposed to be in Atlantis, where um, at that time, Superman and Aquaman would have reconciled in some way, shape or form. But the fact that they just jump to the fact where it's just like Aquaman has his words against Superman and then they jump to this like, well, they're basically using a location, Aquaman's like whole kingdom to house all these criminals. That was a very big missing plot point that I felt does not make any sense in our film here. Huge. 
Because the last time we saw Aquaman there, he just said, I'm leaving the Justice League because I don't agree with your methods. Mm -hmm. And we don't see any evidence that he changed his mind at any point. And I think, you know, normally I don't advocate for two part DC movies um, or any animated movies for that matter, unless it really warrants it. But here, you know, it could have benefited from two parts because it felt, felt like they were... They cut out so much Um, because I can even say Wonder Woman Bloodlines for all its flaws. It tells a single coherent emotional story. I understand why a character becomes Silver Swan. I understand. I can tell you every member or every part of a character arc. Even now, I cannot tell you that do that for anybody in this movie except Batman. And even his motivations of like, I don't want a tyrant are pretty dumb. Like it's we get it. But could there be something more complex here? Um, that's why it's a three out of ten. My RTA alteration, there'd be too many, but ultimately <laughs> it comes down to this. The only one change I could think to make that might help the movie in its current form is Wonder Woman, Cyborg, Hawkman have to lose people in the Metropolis incident. They have to mm-hmm. lose people, and that that again it needs to be much more fleshed out than that but i think if we at least see why those three are doing it and maybe how they could convince other people it could work but (laughs) it'd be putting a band-aid on a arrow wound after he got lasered to death because it's not going to help that much (laughs) damn it's like that uh that meme with the flexi flexi tape guy it's just like but it's a (laughs) band-aid slap it on there yeah um you know what damn i i was being courteous with that 5.5 but man i i don't feel right with saying (laughs) 5.5 it it irks me even saying it i'm i have to give this movie the four that I went in when I first watched this for the very first time when it had dropped in October of 2021. This movie is a strong four. Um, you know, I tried to, and I think the reason why I had rounded up is because, you know, going through the comics and reading the story again, I was just like, I see the vision. I see where you partially understood the assignment. So I can't give you a failing grade, but you, you earned the failing grade. Like, I never thought I said you've earned the failing grade in justice. <laughs> and speaking of comics, it's time for that comic book knowledge as we're going through the entire Injustice series. But very, very, very quickly, because dear Lord, this thing just wrapped up after starting in 2013. It is just wrapped up in about 2021, 2022. So I, we, we, there's too much, there's too much to go through. So I would just recommend if you're really interested, please pick it up. Please pick up the comic. Um, please pick up the game. Don't pick up this movie. Uh, <laughs> so we're starting off with the Injustice Part 1. Um, there are two parts now because of the fact that we had that second game. So Injustice 1 first started in January of 2013 by Tom Taylor and Brian Buccioletti, Buccioletti, Um, Or sorry, Brian Buccioletto. Um it originally was released as a prequel series to the events of the April 2013 game of the same name. So if you haven't played the game, one, why haven't you? Because it's freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. And two, the story of the game is we pick up where 
Joker has taken a bomb and is planning to release it in Metropolis. And our heroes join in just in time. They band together just in time to stop him. But as they're reaching forward to stop him from pressing the trigger, they're immediately transported to our Earth peer of the Injustice world. Um, so it is in the game we get a chance to play as the characters in Mortal Kombat style fight scenes where they are going through the story of learning about the regime that Superman has put together in this police state that he's organized all because of the fact that Lois Lane died again because of the Joker's um, bomb that went off in their world. This again started in 2013 and again just kind of wrapped up um, in terms of the part two but part one is a collection of five to six years of history going through every event that happened from the start of Lois Lane dying to the point where our Justice League of Earth One heroes are brought in to intervene with the events of the Superman regime in the fight against Batman. That collects 68 total comics. There are 68 comics that serve as the prequel to the Injustice game. And they took all 68 of those comics to turn it into a 78 minute film. Well, I can see where they lost some things. <laughs> Honestly, this is the reason why I would have preferred that this was a series in some way, shape or form. Um, because that whole scene with Batman and Catwoman coming together, that was a nice little, uh, maybe like a episode three in a eight part series or something like that. Um, but the main difference is just because, it does leap around a lot. I'll focus in on the first uh, collective volume of it because it does take on most of that story. Um, we do see Superman losing Lois Lane in the same way. We do know that Joker was a part of it. Harley was a part of it. Um, Flash doesn't die. That was the main thing. As we mentioned, Flash had that big morality moment as he's joining, going through as a part of Superman's regime. So, but the main differences that we saw was one, Nightwing's death. He did die, but the way he died made more sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. So, same thing happens. They're stopping the assault on Arkham, and this is when Damien throws the screaming stick at Nightwing's head, causing him to fall over a balcony to then land on a rock that was somehow, some way, was positioned well enough to make him crack his neck. Mm, that million dollar baby rock <laughs> yeah so it is a little more final destination style i guess than this but at least it made more sense than what we saw in our film here um as i mentioned flash is a big part of the story and that helps to push along some of the conversations that happen in the comic um flash is actually the one that has that conversation with superman instead of mr terrific so mainly because um, Superman was just telling him that he needs to talk to someone who can talk and think as fast as him. Um, there are actually several scenes in which Superman looks to Flash rather than Wonder Woman to be his sounding board. I think that one of the things I, that was common about the Wonder Woman thing was that Wonder Woman was kept pushing for Superman to be who she wanted him to be at that the way he was. Like, ending all wars, bringing forward peace, because that was her mission. That's her mission as Wonder Woman. We've learned about that through the every single iteration of Wonder Woman we've seen so far. She's there to create peace amongst the world of man. 
but there were moments even no matter how extreme she had to get but flash being the moral person that he is superman went to him to even ask him one time for his consent to kill um another set of beings when dark side during the events of the injustice war decided to invade earth and superman goes through at top speed to kill every single parademon it's like billions of parademons around the world he goes through at top speed to kill them all and but before he did that he asked flash if it's okay for him to kill him oh well that's nice and yeah i mean dude this is just adding this to the list of wild ass shit superman has done in this comic to be honest (laughs) um there is another scene in which this is why i wanted to have this at some point but there's another war between superman and aquaman um you know, it was Superman again was going through what he was doing. Aquaman decided that he wanted didn't want to be a part of the Justice League, but he also knew that he had to stop Superman in some way. So Atlantis actually went to war with the land dwellers, and Superman, along with every singles of the strongest heroes that he can get, they went to Atlantis, picked it up from the bedrock from underneath this foundation. And took it to, to the Sahara Desert. That's savage. That's the most savage shit I've ever heard Superman do. <laughs> this caused Aquaman to be like, all right, it's cool. I understand. Um, but he does share something with Wonder Woman that shows how far uh, Wonder Woman was willing to go to be on Superman's side. He tells her that he understands the struggles of what it's like to have to be in control in this way, to lead in this way. And, you know, like what Superman is doing, he can see that he's been hurt. So if Superman ever wants to talk about things, to learn about how to be a benevolent ruler, the door is open. And when Superman asked Wonder Woman, did Aquaman say anything? She says no. Um, keeping that secret to herself the entire time again there's like five years of history there is a part where magic gets involved there's a part where the greek gods get involved um the multiverse stuff comes up pretty much later on but one of the main things that does happen is by the second year of the of the entire war um we have two new characters come into play Lex Luthor, who was found in a bunker underneath Metropolis. He was there for the entire first year of the Injustice War. And the two, at this in this world, Superman and Lex are good friends. So Superman is able to save his buddy. He tells him everything that went down. And Lex decides he's going to join Superman just as a show of them being friends. But in actuality, Lex is is being a double agent for um, the Batman regime as well. Classic Lex. (laughs) (laughs) And the other big change that happened here too was Superman's ally. Um, Superman does team up with another person, another person who has a great following, but it is not Ra's al Ghul. It is instead Sinestro. Uh, Sinestro... Yeah, Sinestro comes through and he's just like, you know what? I want to team up with you because I like what you're doing. And that leads into 
Superman not really wanting to at first again not team up with him, but events keep happening that forces Superman to join alongside Sinestro and his core. And that at one point leads to not only Hal Jordan becoming the Yellow Lantern like we saw in the game, but also Superman becoming the Yellow Lantern as well. They just do everything in the story, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yep, they were like, you know what we haven't done? Throw it in. No idea is too small. Any ideas you wanted to create, because we're going to probably destroy this world anyway. But it lasted six years of this initial comic run and then has the part two because we got the second video game. Fingers crossed we get a third video game because the storyline itself is just such a great, great story. Um, again, there's just so much more that happens that um, more characters come into play and more characters get that character development. So honestly, save yourself from watching this movie. I would even suggest watching the cutscenes of or play the game um, over again. This is because, or and most importantly, read the comics because with 68 comics, you're going to be, you're going to have a good time reading these. I read, when I went through them again, I was just like, damn, this is some wild ass shit Superman out here doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. I would recommend either right, watching a cutscene compilation on YouTube um, or if you like an evil Superman narrative, The Boys, mm-hmm. Invincible, mm-hmm. Brightburn, they're all there for you. <laughs> and they all do it with clarity and you understand motivations better than anything in this movie. So do one of those. <laughs> yeah, and Superman going evil is a common story actually in DC stuff. We actually have two episodes in Justice League. Um, there's a whole bunch of other animated films, especially movies that have already covered it. So it, save yourself from this one. There are better stories out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. And don't worry. We're planning on entering, ending our multiverse month with a bang, not a whimper. Um, next week, we're going to go to two Earths. That's right. More than one. <laughs> <laughs> two Earths. <laughs> not just one, two. Um, and we're looking forward to stepping away from the injustice because it's not one of those two Earths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so get ready for Crisis on Two Earths next, for next week. It is a very great story, comic book-wise as well. So, uh, before we, so as you prepare for that one, remember to take care of yourselves and remember that not everything needs to be ad- adapted in any way, shape, or form. Please, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> And if Mr. Terrific tells you get in the multiversal portal, I need your help. Ask him if you're going to get your ass beat first. (laughs) Now that we've finished talking about our DC animated content, here are some recommended readings for you. All these comics and more can be found at your local comic shop. So remember to venture out and support your part of the source wall and tell them Andrew and Shamar sent you. For some more Superman Turns Evil content, we recommend checking out Injustice Gods Among Us the video game. The 2013 video game that later released a sequel is great for anyone who loves the Mortal Kombat fighting style and an awesome campaign story. And if that's not enough for you, Injustice 1 and 2 has together released over 100 comics as companion pieces to the game. Another great addition is Justice League, the animated series of Better World. This two-part episode from Season 2 that premiered in 2003 has an alternate universe Justice League enacting their will on Earth after Superman kills Lex Luthor. This all leads to a multiverse crossover battle with the true League members of the show when the Justice Lords realize that one Earth isn't enough. 
That's all for our list. Thank you for listening and be sure to rate, review, and follow yet another DC animated podcast. Also, interact with us on social media for news on upcoming content. Take care and we'll see you for the next issue.